0: This is Zain Yaakov. We are on page Reish in our books. This corresponds in the Gemara to the Lamed Gimel, Amid and we're at a Pisgah. And we don't have a lot of commentary. We're going to do a lot of reading today, and then we're going to have a deep dive into just one Indian that we've never deep, de, dive, deep dived into before, <laughs> dove deeply into previously. Um. We're going to knock down the Kutim today, the Kuthians, the Samaritans. That's the job of the Gemara here. I think that uh, if you're anything like me, you're a little fuzzy on exactly who they are. You probably mix them up with all of the other heretics throughout Jewish history. We're going to a deep dive on the Kutim today with God's help. But first, we have to read some paragraphs. So the Episca says, this, These brachas and these clothes that were on Har Grisim and Har Evel that happened in the Torah that actually don't happen in the Torah. The Torah tells us about them, and they happen later when we cross over the Yarden. How exactly did they work? The Yidden first had to cross the Jordan River. Tanu Rabban, and we have a brisa. We're just going to try to locate where exactly these mountains were. Is it not over the Yarden? So it must be on the other side of the Yarden. It's going to be in the direction of the coming of the sun. It's going to be in the place that the sun shines. It's going to be in the land of the Knani, which who dwell in the west. If you want to know exactly where these mountains are, we got the Brachas and the klolas is going to be exactly where the Kutim are nowadays. Note Kutim are nowadays. We're going to come back to them. Mula Gilgal. It's going to be over against Gilgal. Samochle Gilgal. That means next to Gilgal. Eitzelelelene Meret. It's going to also be next to Mere, and that's Shchem. As Shchem It says in the Torah that Shchem and Elenemeret are the same place. Mylenemeret. How long? Shchem. Afkan Shchem. So we know exactly where we're going. We're trying to find a place that is in Shchem. We're going to have mountains there. That the Kutim worship. We have very good directions on exactly where these mountains are. They should not be too hard to find. Continuing. Tanya. amr Rabbi zib rabbi says Yafti Sifre Kutim. With this word alone, with this drush alone, I was able to disprove and destroy the works of all of the kutim, the kutim, this group of kathians, or Samaritans, as they're translated sometimes, the Samaritans. I was able to undo all of their work with this drush alone. Alone, I said to them, you have disproven your own terror, and you have not gotten anything in your hands. You've, you've destroyed your whole terror, and you've gotten nothing out of it. I slugged them up, he says. How did I slug them up? You say, you agree that you're dwelling in Shem because it's a holy place. Place for us, which is We agree that is So we all agree about your location. However, as he's going to say, I'm going to say it outside, then we'll say it inside. The, the retort to the Kutim is, you guys are hanging out in Shechem because you believe Shechem to be an important place. How do you know it's an important place? We use drushes. We use Teresh Baal There is no indication in Teresh that you're in the right location. So you used Teresh Baal to prove that you're in the right location, only to reject Teresh Baal That's what he's going to say. We learned this with the Gezer Shava, which is a tool of Teresh Baal How did you learn that you're in the right location? Kutim? How do you know Shechem is where you're supposed to be? You only know because you did Rabbinic stuff, and then Rejected the rabbinic Torah. We have a drush about it being on the other side of the Jordan River. So he's just going and he's explaining using the Gazer Shavas and these drashers how we know exactly where Hargizim and Haravil are located. So Rabbi Elizabeth Yaakov just clarifies that the Torah is only coming to explain to them the. Der- that they're supposed to take, that they should go back the same way they came before when trying to find these mountains and stop there. And he's telling them, to go on the path, to go through the derach, and not to go through uh, fields and through vineyards. The ones who dwell there, you should go into the settled areas, don't go go wandering in the desert. And that you should walk through the desert, not walk through mountains and valleys. So he's just giving instructions on how the Yidden should walk. What we get out of here, though, is and the main point I want to focus on today is that there was a group of Kutim who had a holy site on Har Grizim and Har Eval, specifically Har Grizim, and the only way they knew they were supposed to be there is because they used Teresh Peh. But the fact is, they rejected the entire Teresh Balpeh, so they were rather silly people. And with that, let's go into what exactly the Kutim were. So, uh, throughout Shas, we have the Kutim mentioned a couple times. They're never mentioned in a terribly positive light. We have in Gittin 10a, that is Yoda Menalev, you'll find that Desanya Matza kuti Teres, Vadim Yetz, Pesach, there's a machleichus over whether you can eat matzah that came from a kutim if they make matzah, whether you can eat it or not. The Itanakama's opinion is that you can eat it and you can fulfill the mitzvah of Pesach through it. The, the, um, the reason why you can't use it is because they are not careful about mitzvahs. Then Rabbi Neshem Gamliel comes in and says, actually, the mitzvahs that they did take on, there's a machlekes uh, that, uh, that, what is it? Rabbi Elazer. He says that the kutim, we don't trust them because they're not careful about mitzvahs. And Rabbi Neshem Gamliel says, we trust kutim with mitzvahs because they're more careful in the mitzvahs they keep, they are more careful about mitzvahs than we are, which is a recurring theme, that they seem to keep only some mitzvahs, and the mitzvahs they keep, they are really good at. You know people like that? I know people like that. <laughs> I know some, because are not yidin, as we'll see in a second. I, to, I know some yidin who aren't from, but in the mitzvahs they keep, they are strict, right? This is what the kutim were. In the mitzvahs they kept, they were very strict, and in other mitzvahs they seem to have abandoned them entirely. That's what we have from gitin We'll see you in a second. We don't know exactly who they are yet, but we're getting the idea. Yeah, they don't seem to follow Teresh Balpah, that's implied from our Gemara. We have from this Gemara Maseches Kitten, it sounds like they kinda of pick and choose. Some as they do, some they don't. The ones they do, they seem to do very well. We have Nida, uh, we have Nida fifty seven A, Zach Clal, Devashikhashimbay and Manamalov. We have a Klal by them that anything that we assume that they aren't careful about, we don't trust them for, but anything we assume they're careful about, we do trust them for. So it seems like they're trustworthy on some points, not other points. We have a Gemara Mesachas on six B, which says, um, why did we decide that we don't trust the Kutim anymore? He says, the reason why we decided we don't trust the Kutim for things is that they would, that they would live on Hargrism and worship on Hargrism. this mountain, and we found that they had an idol there that was in the shape of a dove, uh, the, the bird, the shape of a dove. We saw them bowing to an idol in the shape of the dove on Hargrism. and we realized that they were idolaters, so apparently they're also idol worshippers. We just have a lot of little details coming in. And the is worried, uh, going according to his reasoning, that he's apparently not all Kutim were on Hargizim, but since the minority of them were there, uh, they ruled that since the minority of them worshipped idols, therefore we assume they're all idol worshippers. So on one hand, we have that they keep some mitzvahs, they're good at some mitzvahs, on the other hand, they're idol worshippers. We really have quite a mixed bag. One more I want to show you before I tell you the full story, and that is Nida 56b says that there's a Machlekis Rebbe Meir and the Chacham. Rebbe Meir says that Kutim are Geri the kut, Kutim converted to Judaism ultimately and are proper Gerim and should be respected as normal Jews, whereas the Chacham say that Kutim were Geri saying they were who became converts because of lions. That is, that they were pressured by, the, by, by an impending attack from lions. It's an expression the Gemara uses to mean that they were afraid of something bad happening to them. And because they were afraid of something bad happening to them, they converted, but they weren't sincere converts. So we have a real mixed bag here. It sounds spiritual, I'm going to tell you what's actually in Gashmis. They literally had, were attacked by lions. We'll get to that. Okay, so the Kutim are a real mixed bag. Hard to tell exactly what they are. You don't get the full story of the Kutim unless you look in Pirkei de Pirkei de Rebelezer has the full story of the Kutim. I'm going to tell you everything. So... He says there, he starts up by saying that the Kutum are not considered one of the nations that is in the 70 nations. There are 70 core nations. The Kutum are not one of them. They're a remnant of one of the five nations that the king of Assyria uh, brought in after he kicked out the northern tribes. So, uh, so Ashur, you might remember that we got exiled from Israel in the first exile in two stages. The northern kingdom got exiled way earlier than the, than, the, than the southern kingdom. We are all descendants of the southern kingdom. We lost the tribes of the northern kingdom. They didn't go into exile with us. We don't know exactly where they are. We might never find them again. Uh, we're all descendants of the lower kingdoms. So when the northern kingdoms went into exile, that was Ashur. That was Assyria that put them into exile. The Assyrian king then took his five favorite nations and stuffed them into northern Israel. So one of those people, there's a list there of who they were. That's Babel and Kusa, which is where the Kutim come from, and Ava, and Hamas, and Sraf- Hamas, Oh wow, and Srafayim, and he put them all in Shemrein instead of the Yiddin. So they were in Shomron, that's why they were called the Sam- yeah, and they were called, that's why they were called the Samaritans. They were called the Samaritans because they were placed in Shomron, but they weren't actually Samaritans. They were actually some other nation which was known as the Kutim. So that's why they're called the Kutim, because they're a nation that came from Kut, and then was put into Samaria, so they're also known as Samarians. Now the rest gets really interesting. When the Yidden uh, of southern Israel were exiled from the I'm sorry, from the Yidden of northern Israel were exiled from their place in Shemron, and they were sent down to Babel. The king sent his servants, and he put his servants in Shemron. That's where we get the Kutim from. because They needed somebody to pay the taxes, so they installed a different country there. You know, you can't empty out a country and expect to collect taxes. So they emptied out that country and put the modern Kutim there. What did God do? He sent the lions after them, and lions started killing all of them. So all the Kutim are dwelling in northern Israel, and lions are eating them. They sent a message back to the king of Babel, and they said, our master, the king, this land you sent us to, it is not accepting us. Um, there's only a couple of us left. Only a couple of us are alive anymore. The lions keep on eating us. The king sent them. The king sent out a message. He called all the Ziknei Yisrael. He called the Yidn who were in Babel, and he said to them, all the years that you were in that land, you didn't get eaten by the lions. Now they're getting eaten by lions. The Chacham said back. Uh, let's give him some advice, maybe he'll let us come back to the land. So they decided to be tricky. Maybe we're tricky with the king, we lied to him a little bit, we'll get ourselves put back. So this was their plan. They said, Adonai HaMelech, our master the king, this land does not accept a guy that is not nimble. This land will not accept a guy who has a nation that is not circumcised. That was their plan. So they figured that what would happen is they would remove the kutim and put the yidin back in because the yidin are circumcised. That was not what happened. Amr the king said back to them, fine, take two rabbonim, I want you to send those two rabbonim to northern Israel, and they should circumcise, convert, and teach Torah to all the kutim him so that they won't get eaten by lions so the plan failed and unfortunately, they had to listen to the king. So they sent Rabbi Dustai and they also sent Rabbi Yanai. They went, The uh, Rabbi Dustoi and Rabbi Yanai went, they circumcised all the Kotim, taught them Terah, Shabbat, Sav, um, and, uh, and they cried the whole time they did it. And these nations, they went to, oh, the, rabbis, the rabbis, the rabbis cried the whole time they had to teach the Kutim Terah, but they taught them Terah and they circumcised them. Uh, these nations, these Goyim, they then went and they kept some of the Chukas Terah, and they also kept some of the laws of their gods. They feared Hashem, and they also feared feared their gods. So they became pseudo-Jews. They were interested in God, but also idols, interested in our laws, but also their laws. They basically decided they were going to do a little bit of everything. Later on, Ezra comes up from Babel. He has Rubavah ben Shaltio with him. He has Yeshubah ben Yetzadak. And they start building the base of Megdash. The, uh, the, the Kutim, they show up for a war. Uh, 180,000 of them show up to fight us when we're trying to rebuild the base of Megdash. They don't like us very much. They want the land for themselves. And they also decided to kill Nehemia. They they have a murder plot against Nehemia. They also tried to uh, to uh, to they actually they succeeded in preventing us from building the base of Mikdash for two years. Um, and Ezra and Zerubbabel didn't have much choice, so they got a whole group together. Ezra Zerubbabel Ben Shaltiel Yeshua Ben Yatadik got a group together of the entire Jewish people in the Heichal Hashem. When they finally rebuilt the base of Mikdash. they brought three hundred Kehanim. They brought three hundred Shefres, They brought three hundred Sifrei Terah and they blew a bunch of Shefres And the Levim sang a bunch of songs and played instruments. And they excommunicated. The Kutim using the Shema Meforash, using God's secret name, they excommunicated the Kutim forever. They wrote in a they wrote down the excommunication on a tablet, and they put it in a cherem Bezd the Elion of Heherim They got the higher Bezd in heaven and the low one on earth to banish the Kutim forever. Shleachad Pas Kutim Adelim, which made a rule that nobody is ever allowed to eat bread that comes from Kutim forever. <speaking in Hebrew> and they made a rule that anybody who eats meat that was slaughtered by a Kuti is as though he's eating the meat of a pig, and no uh, is ever allowed. Allowed to convert to join the Jewish people ever, and uh, they have no chelik in Tchil Samesim. This was all written on a stone tablet. And furthermore, they have no chelik in Nachal and Yerushalayim. They're never allowed to come and do And then they sent that chalim over to the Jews who were in Babel, and those, those Jews added a chalim on top of that chalim. And the Melech Keresh, who was actually our guy, right? He was the one who helped us rebuild the base of Megdash. He established it to be a permanent chalim forever. So the kutim were put into permanent chalim forever for the terrible things that they did, and that's what happened to the kutim. So that's the, that's the story of the kutim. Now, there is one more story you should know about the Kotim, because there's a sikha from the Rebbe. And with that, we'll be able to conclude. I know we're running a little bit over, but it's just too much fun to stop. And that is that we have Yuma 69a. In Yuma 69a, there's a story about Shimon Azadik, one that you might remember, because this is where Shimon Azadik comes out wearing the uh, meets, Ale- meets, meets Alexander, meets Alexander the Great. You remember this story? So the story goes that Alexander the Great actually, I always, I always forget some of the details. Alexander the Great was coming with an army of Kutim to destroy the base of because the Kutim liked their base of Megdash. They built a base of Migdash on Har They didn't like the one in Yerushalayim. So they get Alexander the Great and say, There's a fake base of Megdash. Ours, the real one. They said was the fake one. They said, Let's go break the fake base of Megdash. They go with Alexander. To make a war and to destroy the base of Mekdash. Shimonat Atadik the Kain Gadol. He comes out wearing the Levushim of the Kain Gadol in full garb. Which, by the way, the entire reason the Gemara brings this story is because there's a question whether you're allowed to wear it outside of Yerushalayim. Apparently, he did. That's the Gemara's question and sort of answer. <coughs> Although the answer is that it was a lasses So, LaShem haFeirot so you're allowed to. Just keep this in mind in the future, Eli, when you are wearing the Big Day Kuna Gadela, uh, you're only allowed to leave Yerushalayim for very important things. So he walks out in the Big Day Kuna and he meets the army of Alexander and the army of all the Kutim. And Alexander gets off his horse and bows to him. And the Kutim go. What is going on here? You're supposed to be on our side. And Alexander goes, No, I'm with him. That's the thing that I see every time I go into battle. Every time I go into battle, I see a vision of this man guiding me in the battle and making me successful. So Shimon Atadik was like the Malach of, uh, Malach of Alexander. He went over to Shimon Atadik and said, "What are you doing out here?" And Shimon Atadik said, "Those guys you're with, they want to get, they want to destroy the real base. of keep the fake one." Alexander goes, "That's the opposite of what they told me." He goes, "Yeah, I know. Seriously, that's not literally what he says, but it's something like that." And then uh, he says he says back to him. Shimon At-Tadik says, uh, "What are you going to do?" And Alexander says they're yours, do what you want with them. And they went up and they destroyed, the. Uh, they, they actually, they took spears and stabbed them into the heels of the kutim so the kutim couldn't run away. They attached them to the backs of horses and dragged them all the way to Hargrizm. They got to the top of Hargrizm and destroyed their temple, Kivayachl, and then uh, plowed it over and then planted leeks in the ground so it could never grow again. And they completely raised and destroyed Hargrizm in, uh, in the name of Alexander at the behest of Shimon And Now the Rebbe has a sicha about this, and with that we'll conclude. It's a great story. It's Ayan Sham. <clears throat> in Taras Benachim, volume 18, page 332, the Rebbe says, Big day kahuna, the Kain's kahin, the garments correspond to, well, who's the ultimate Kain? The kayan of Al-Kahanam is Hashem. Hashem. is the Kain of Al-Kahanam. And what are Hashem's levushim? What's Hashem's crown? And what are his clothes? Teresa HaChasidis. And it used to be that Teresa HaChasidis was only for Yechidei Segula, only for very special people. The Pneemius HaTarah was only for people who were very learned, very wise, they were very spiritually attuned. So it was only supposed to be in the base of However, sometimes when they come to destroy our base of and when they come to claim that the wrong base of exists in the world, in a world that we have right now, where right is called wrong and wrong is called right it is specifically the time where all of the Hasidim need to put on the garments of Hasidis and walk out into the streets and spread the wellsprings of Hasidis everywhere. And simply by showing up in the Big Day Kahuna and spreading Hasidis throughout the entire world, we are able to clarify which is the real base of Mikdash and which is the fake one, to clarify good from evil. And specifically, in a time like this where there's confusion and there's Kutim claiming that what's wrong is right and what's right is wrong, and you can fill in the blanks with your own problems, the solution to it is to put on the garments of the Kain Gadol to put on Hasidis and spread it far and wide. Thank you all very much. Uh,